Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Nordby. And my name is Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Akia Eggleston and Laura Ayala. Akia Eggleston was 22 years old in 2017. She lived in an apartment on the 600 block of Cherry Crest Road in Baltimore, Maryland. Akia was eight months pregnant in May 2017. For some reason, her pregnancy was considered high risk and the baby was breech. She was ordered by her doctor to be on strict bed rest. Akia was planning on having a baby shower on May 7th. She had put a $900 deposit down on a space where the shower would be held but Akia never made it to her baby shower. On May 3rd, Akia went to the bank just a few miles from her apartment. She withdrew $500 from her account, which was an unusual amount. This was the last time she was seen. No one heard from Akia. It wasn't until she didn't show up to her own baby shower that her family and friends realized something wasn't right. Her family went to her apartment and found it completely cleaned out other than her bed. It appeared like she had moved out, but Akia was on strict bed rest and was barely able to walk. She was reported missing on May 7th, four days after she was last seen. Akia's family didn't learn the identity of her unborn baby boy's father until after she went missing. The man was a childhood friend of her stepfather. Akia never mentioned moving in with the baby's father to her family since they weren't dating at the time, but a friend stated that she was, in fact, planning on moving in with him on May 10th. No one, including the baby's father, has come forward to say that they helped Akia move out of her apartment. She wouldn't have been able to do it by herself. Investigators have interviewed over a hundred people, including the baby's father, but they have never named a suspect, and there have been no arrests in her case. Akia had a daughter from a previous relationship, and her stepfather said that she was really excited about having a baby boy, who was due in June. She was very close to her stepfather, grandmother, and aunts. Her mother passed away from cancer in 2012 when Akia was 17. Can I just say that it's concerning a little bit that the father of the of of her baby was the friend of her stepfather? That just that that a childhood friend of her stepfather, which means there's a, there's a kind of a significant age difference there. Right. And and his name has never been mentioned. Um, okay. There's not a whole lot about him. Anywhere. Um, anywhere. Okay. Um, yeah, he. I couldn't find his name anywhere. There's not a whole lot that's been said about him. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if that's intentional because he hasn't done anything or said anything. Or right. I. I have no clue. But he wasn't considered a suspect. He's not listed. As a he's suspect. not listed as a suspect. And five hundred dollars could pay, pay somebody to move you out. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Follow play is suspected in Akia's case. Her family doesn't believe she would have walked away and abandoned her two-year-old daughter, especially so late in her pregnancy. The FBI is involved and a reward is being offered in this case. Akia Shanta Eggleston was 22 years old in 2017. She would be 26 now. She is described as African-American, 4'8 to 4'11, 
and 130 to 140 pounds. She has black hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a green shirt, a black jacket with gray sleeves, black and white yoga pants, and black sneakers. Her ears are pierced. She has a tattoo of cherries on her left shoulder blade and a tattoo of building blocks and the name Emery on her upper left arm. Akia was eight months pregnant at the time of her disappearance. She was supposed to be on bed rest and was going to be having a C-section. If you have any information about the disappearance of Akia Eggleston, please call the Baltimore Police Department at 443-984-7385. So, the emptying of the apartment, um, meant that she could have started, started a new life mm -hmm. without her two-year-old daughter. Right. Which would be very difficult. Yeah. To, to do. Yeah. Uh, it would also, it but it would also could throw law enforcement off a trail, indicating that she just picked up and left. Yes, and, and that's what it would say. That's what it would say is if the apartment was emptied out. Yeah. Um, yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot of information from law enforcement. They did they did mention that dumpsters in the area were important in this case. So I don't know if they if they thought that somebody cleaned it out and just threw all of her stuff away. Um, but, you know, she wasn't reported missing until four days later. So so it's hard to know exactly when her apartment was cleaned out. Right. It was four days after she was last seen. So it, you know, and it's it could have been to... cleaned out at any point along the way. Right. But, um, and because you didn't mention it, I assume there was no, there was no expressed interest or concerns about her relationship with the boys with her unborn child's father yeah however the family didn't even know they didn't even know him i mean they knew him but they, they didn't, didn't know, know that he was, he was a, the father right yeah which all feels weird it it feels a little weird she was 22 i didn't i it didn't say how old her stepfather was but you know, because it's her stepfather, it's hard to know how old he was. Right. You know. Right. Um, you you kind of judge. You can assume that, you know, he would have been 44, in the 40s. Yeah, you'd ish. think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And his childhood friend would be in a similar age range. Right. Um, but the family didn't know. Yeah. Until after she went missing. Mm -hmm. So she didn't tell them. Yeah. And she was eight months pregnant. Yeah. And she also put $900 down. You know, like if you were planning on skipping town and just starting over, you'd need that $900. Yeah. Yeah, you would. Um, so. Hmm. And there was effort put into this. It wasn't, she wasn't just plucked off the streets. Right. She wasn't, she was a very petite person. Yeah. Yeah, she was tiny. And eight months pregnant, and she weighed 130 pounds. Yeah. I mean, she and she was. She wasn't just plucked out the streets because there was some, there was some effort put into this. Right. The apartment was cleaned out. Yeah. And that's not just. But nobody saw anything anywhere. Yeah, nobody has come forward to say that they helped her move or. Yeah, she paid me 500 bucks to, to clean her apartment out or. Yeah. It just, it's, it's just strange. Hmm. 
sometimes our sometimes our stories leave us with more questions than answers. Yeah, they do. Which is it's frustrating. It's, which is really un unpleasant. I don't mm -hmm. like that at all. Yeah. Laura Ayala was 13 years old in 2002. Her favorite color was maroon and her favorite number was the number one. She was shy but organized. She liked to keep a journal recording her activities. She spoke fluent English and Spanish. She was 13 years old on March 10th, 2002. At the time, she lived with her mother in an apartment on the 7,000 block of Sarita Street in Houston, Texas. She asked her mother for some money to purchase a newspaper for a school project. She walked the 100 feet behind her apartment to the Broadway convenience store at 10.15 p.m. The store was located inside the Conoco station on the 2600 block of Broadway Street. The convenience store employee said that Laura came into the store by herself, purchased a paper, and left alone. That seems a little late, even though it was right behind... It is very late. Yeah. It is very late. I mean, I'm sure that she probably did it, you know, a hundred times, and it was just something that was normal, but it wasn't very far away, but it still feels like it's a little late. It's Houston, Texas. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it sounds like these buildings were just back to back. Sure. It still is, feels very late yeah. for a 13-year-old child. When Laura failed to return home, her mother reported her child as missing. They found Laura's shoes and her newspaper were scattered around the parking lot between the gas station and her apartment complex. The area was searched by authorities and there were no clues found. Witnesses saw a full-sized 1980s maroon cargo van near the store around 10 p.m. the night that Laura disappeared. The vehicle was two-toned and had a large, light-colored stripe down the middle. One window was covered with plywood. A photo of the vehicle was posted on our website. Unfortunately, the vehicle description was not shared with authorities until months after Laura went missing. This meant that important clues and details were lost. Do you know why it wasn't? Didn't realize okay. it was important. Sure. Until, until you know it's important. Until you knew it was important. Sure. And I think that, you know, I think large cities like Houston, Texas, are really, it's made up of a lot of smaller, you know, neighborhoods, a lot of small neighborhoods yeah. in a large city. And so depending on where you live, depending on where you get your news, and depending on how, you know, there's some things that don't rise to media's attention right. until, you know, in, in time or whatever. Or it's just a tiny little blip. Just a little blip. It's a passing blip in the news. Right. And and I think that it becomes more of a it becomes more important when, when a thirteen year old girl that went missing isn't isn't found. Right. And time goes by and in two thousand three, Laura's disappearance was linked to Walter Alexander Sorto, Edgardo Rafael Cubas, and Eduardo Navarro. Laura's DNA was found inside an SUV belonging to Cuba's father. The three men had reportedly borrowed the vehicle. Cubas and Sorto were convicted in the, in the rape, robbery, and murder of Roxana Arcelia Capelan, 24, Maria Morano Rangel, 38, and Esmeralda Alvarado, 15. Both men were sentenced to death. 
Navarro pled guilty to aggravated robbery and was sentenced to 13 years in prison. Authorities have connected the men to at least six homicides between 2001 and May of 2002. But none of the suspects were charged in Laura's case due to a lack of evidence. But they found her DNA. Wouldn't that be enough? That's frustrating. Wouldn't that be enough? And this is 2002. If, 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 the, if the evidence was reevaluated, what else do you find? Why would her DNA be found? Right. It's not like her DNA was found in her parents' vehicle. Like it was found in some random person's vehicle. That that has no connection to her. Or 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 did they? Were they people that were in the neighborhood? I mean, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't the mother, you know. Right. These weren't people that that she would have hung out with. Right. And it in the story said that uh, one of the three individuals, their semen was found in the in the van. Um, tying kind of some of these things together, but sure. um, her DNA. What, what what do you need? Do you, what do you need? She's right. thirteen years old. She cannot make it on her own right. in the world. Yeah. What 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 more do you need? It makes me angry. Yeah, it does. Foul play is suspected in Laura Ayala's case. Laura stood four feet tall. She weighed 90 pounds at the time that she went missing in 2002. She is Hispanic with black hair and brown eyes. Her, her hair has blonde highlights. She w was wearing a full set of orthodontic braces. She has a scar on her upper left arm and her ears are pierced. If you have any information about the missing case of Laura Ayala, please contact the Houston Police Department at 713-731-5223. It is so irritating and frustrating. And you know what's even more sad is that her favorite color was maroon. And it, and was, it a, was a maroon cargo van. It's... I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that she was being a responsible kid, getting the newspaper to do her school report. Right. And... You should be able to walk 100 feet. At any time. At any time. And these three men went on a, a rampage. I mean, they, they, they just kind of, there was, there was, there are six deaths attributed to them. In that time? In that time frame. In that, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, but um, two of them are already, um, were already given a death sentence and are set to be executed. Yeah. The other one was too young at the time to receive the death sentence. Okay. And because of all of that, there's no good reason for them to reveal there's there's no there's no benefit for them um to reveal anything more of what they've right. done to admit to the other crimes, to admit to to this. cooperate. Right. There's yeah. no there's no benefit to them. And other than moral. Right. Uh, and and then really um, but we have seen people charged with murder without a body. Yes. Mm hmm They have the DNA. It just kind of boggles my mind a little bit. Yeah. Like, what... What more do you need? Isn't that what you look for? To convict somebody of a crime? 
And this isn't somebody that she knew. Like, this wasn't somebody that her DNA could have been there just by coincidence because she rode in the vehicle or had a bloody nose or scraped leg or... Right. I mean, it's upsetting. And that Navarro, I mean, he was sentenced to 13 years in prison. He's out. Yeah. I know. Yep. That would have been out in 2015. Yeah. Um, and may have gotten away with murder. Right. But there's no, um, there, it's just very unlikely that they'll tell, that they'll reveal anything more about this case. And, and, and I just want to say, were enough resources put into this to find this girl, you know, from inner city Houston, Right. Um, well, were enough resources put into it? I, I wasn't there and I didn't investigate it, but I would have to say no. I mean, they found the DNA and then it was like, well, they didn't cooperate, so. And it was 2002, which is, which, you know, things yeah. are, things, I just. It's so frustrating. There was a, there was, I attended, um, I was in a men's group this week. I was co-facilitating a men's group, and we talked about... There was a conversation, and my co-facilitator said that history is written by the winners. And that just struck me as... that that all history is written by the winners. Hmm. Of battles, of civil unrest of right. of stories of inner city crime. That's interesting. We don't hear I mean it's rare that we can we hear the story of a victim. Right. Right. But and the only stories that we hear from victims who've gone missing we we, we is nothing. We don't hear their story. Their body has to be found. And then their body may reveal some history, right. some of what they went through. But that's it. Mm-hmm. So when somebody's gone missing, there is no telling of that story. It's just right. a blank page. And that's maddening. I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like it. And yet there are, you know... And there's people that know the answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just living their lives. Just living their lives. And uh, frankly, even if it's in prison. Yeah. Um, that's, it's, it's, it may not be a great place, but you're still living your life. Right. And it just seems a shame. It seems mm-hmm. a shame. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com. Katie, I hope you have some fun distractions for us this week. 
because this week, actually, I think somebody inserted two or three extra days in there. There was at least two Mondays, an extra Tuesday, and possibly one extra Thursday. <laughs> I agree. It was a long week. Yeah. It was a long week this week. So, so I can't guarantee that they're hilarious. I'm, funny would be enough. Funny. What are these? Ish. Funny-ish. So these are, uh, they're not all funny things that kids have said. Sometimes they're just funny stories about kids. But they're just funny. Okay. Well, I'll be the judge of that. Okay. My son asked if we could get a cat, but I said no because his sister is allergic. So he said, when she dies, can we get a cat? Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm just curious. I'm just asking. I'm just seeing what my parameters are. (laughs) Brothers. I would watch out for the sister. (laughs) My three-year-old yelled out, I need an ice-cold beer in a restaurant. You know... I hear you, brother. <laughs> well, I could use one too, yep. but we have a rule at work. No beer at work. <laughs> right, right. I heard my four-year-old son talking to himself in the bathroom. He was using a piece of cardboard to push a spider in the direction of the bathtub, saying, pardon me, sir, can I invite you to perhaps travel this way? No, no, not that way, sir, over here. <laughs> Isn't that adorable? Sir, pardon me. <laughs> Are they English? I mean, that is the best way to escort a spider. Yes. Down the drain. Down the drain. Yep. Pardon me. You might as well be polite. What? I mean, you, you, what? You can, you get more spider cooperation with politeness? I don't know. Maybe. I, I didn't have, I've never asked. I've never been that polite to a spider. I Maybe it works. It. Well, it's adorable, though. It's adorable. My little sister told everyone at her school that she was having placenta for dinner. It was polenta. <laughs> it was polenta. <laughs> I had a small gag there. Sorry. <laughs> um, it would be easy to confuse the two when well, you're little. When you're little. Not <laughs> when you're big. There's a distinct difference. Yes. <laughs> the teacher, though, teaching, can you imagine? Oh, my God. La, 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 la. <laughs> what? <laughs> just because she's probably the only one that knew the difference. <laughs> if you don't remember how, I'm not sure how old this kid is. His name is Tyler. <laughs> I'm guessing little. If you don't remember how old you are, you can always look in the back of your undies. Mine say five to six. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't want to look at the back of mine. Uh, the side. Grande. <laughs> El Grande is what mine say. Uh, <laughs> it's probably kind of true. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I'm five to six years old. <laughs> I'm three. Uh, <laughs> uh, kids are brutally honest. This is a note that a kid wrote to a teacher. Dear Rachel, you are the second best teacher ever. Love you. Second best. How old was a kid? It doesn't say. Because that could be brutal, especially if you're <laughs> kindergarten, preschool. Uh, it, I don't know. It probably is brutal anyway. <laughs> but in kids' minds, that's first, second. It's third, important. It's, it's a very distinct. Yes. When my child came home from, from school on the bus, I paused the work conference call I was on to ask how her day was. She responded, shh, go back to work. I have a list of things I want you to buy for me with the money that you're making. (laughs) She's five. (laughs) That's how I'm going to interrupt David next time. 
<laughs> Honey, you just keep working. <laughs> I have a list of things I want you to buy with the money that you're making right now. That is a smart girl. It is. They have had commu- they have co- had conversations about this. Uh, what what kind of day did she have at school? <laughs> I went to see a mortgage advisor with my seven year old son. As I sat at the desk, my son sat down and said to the man, "Hello, I am not her husband." <laughs> Just so good, you know. Good to know. I sat down with my three-year-old daughter who was playing at her dollhouse. I asked her which doll I could be, and she replied, the one that does the dishes. <gasps> that's brutal. Yeah. That is brutal. And how, I mean, that's brutal. It is brutal. Five-year-old, can I have a Twix? Me. You mean Twix? Five-year-old, no, I only want one. <laughs> <laughs> one is a Twix, and two is a Twix. Right. I don't want to be greedy. Uh, right, right. It's just one, one crossbar. Yep. Right. This is from uh, Mikey, age three. I just can't pick up my toys because my arms are taking a nap. That's you know, that, I understand it's that. It's a, it's, I, yes, it's I it's have a good felt reason. like a couple of times this week at a couple of different times that my brain, like the, it, the, the connection between my brain and everything else had stopped. Yes. So my brain was taking a nap. <laughs> and I can't, I can't, I can't help you. Yeah. I, I have no clue. I agree. I agree. Well, um, I had to get a little assistance with my uh, distraction this week. Okay. So I asked our co-worker, mm-hmm. Dawn, for some help. Okay. And I just want to say she was of no help at all. Okay. Um, That's good to know. She just wasn't, so... If they're funny, that's that's all on. <laughs> if they're not, it's her fault. It's not. It's that's where that's her contribution. Okay. So, yeah. so I was I uh, there was a, a Facebook post or something that said that talked about how um, a woman had received a labeler label maker mm-hmm. as a wedding gift, mm. which or a bridesmaid gift or something okay. like that, which is a weird gift to yeah, give a bride. Is. However. As somebody with a touch of OCD, uh, I I bought myself a label maker, and I love my label maker. It's very nice. It's it's nice to have. It's nice to have. Yeah. And you don't realize that you need a label maker until you have a label maker. And then you wonder how you even manage all your life. Right. So what is your calendar? What's the label on your calendar? What calendar? Didn't your son help you label? Oh, your that's calendar? my old one. Not your old one. one. Yeah. Do you remember what it said? Um. I don't. Taco Bell was one of them with a label. There's so he randomly went through and just put words down that and which, again, is helpful. So when I was growing up in the seventies, where there was a that was a real cough too. Yeah, (laughs) that helped me to 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 hide the fact that I was. uh, The label makers, they the labels were plastic with raised letters. And yes. the raised letters were white. And you had to, like, stamp it. You A cut clink. Oh, I love those ones. And the ones. top were... T- with a dial. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> I forgot about yeah. those. And I, love I mean, those. they were... And you'd misspell it, and you'd mm-hmm. be so mad at yourself. Because yeah. you'd have to go back and do it mm-hmm. again. So, anyway. So, and I thought... And, and, and uh, she went through... She got the label maker, and she went through and, and, and labeled things in the house, in the kitchen, specifically, that... Um, 
were accurate and creative. Sure. So alternate names for household items. Oh, okay. So, uh, coffee grounds are dehydrated dehydrated go-go juice. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, boxed wine is mama's juice box. <laughs> yep. A cookie jar is a yum-yum holder. <laughs> a chip clip is a crunch keeper. Oh, that's good. Which is true. It is absolutely true. A vacuum cleaner is a yuck sucker. <laughs> a couch is a crumb keeper. Oh, crumbs. And th- So then the rug would be the crumb catcher. Catcher. Right. Sure. Right. I love this one. Milk is cereal juice. Ugh. It is, too. It is. It is. Bread is raw toast. <laughs> Toothpaste is, is teeth soap. <laughs> oh, that's gross actually, to think about. Actually, it, you it, have to say teeth. Teeth. <laughs> teeth soap. And uh, a tub is a reverse boat. <laughs> Which is true. I never thought about it, but it's a reverse boat. It is a reverse boat. And ice are water rocks. Hmm. True. It's true. Those are very good. Those are very good. And yeah. those, it, but I, I'm embarrassed to tell you how long it took for us to come up with those. It was like, it was like pulling teeth. Mm. And, I understand. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they were a little funnier than pulling teeth. Yeah, they were. Okay, thanks. <laughs>